Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I want to welcome all of our VU friends and family, those that listen to our podcast faithfully, those that go back to the YouTube on the playback and watch it and support. Thank you. We're seeing people give really not just from Miami, but from all around the world. And what we call you is VU friends and family. You're a part of this miracle as much as any of us living here in Miami. Come on, can we make some noise for all of our VU friends and family who continue? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. All of our VU friends and family. And Wherever you're tuning in from, like it, subscribe it, share it right now, get the message out. I, I wanna preach a message today. Get ready for this title. This is a word for some people. Bread, bullets, and bandages. Come on, it's July and I'm not holding back. I know it's like people on summer vacation, people resting, but man, I believe that we're gonna lean into God's presence this summer. And I wanna talk to you about bread, bullets, and bandages. Come on, right now in the chat, just put that in the chat. Bread, bullets and bandages. And, you know, this collection that we're in right now, if you're just joining us, we are in week three uh, of a collection of talks entitled Day by Day. And really the premise of this talk is we're trying to answer this question. What do you do when you don't know what to do? The answer to that question is pretty simple. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You do your habits. And what are habits as we've been talking about? Habits are behavior patterns that we almost do involuntary. So, so what do you do when you don't know what to do? I'm telling you, you're going to do something. What you're going to do, what you're going to fall back on, what you're going to rely upon is your habits. Another word is your practices. How many of you know that what you do daily determines who you become permanently? So we're in a season in our church right now that we're trying to equip people better than ever that we don't want to just be a church that professes faith. Come on. We want to be a church that practices our faith. 2020 is a different kind of year. We all started the year out being like 2020 vision. Um, <laughs> how many know uh, I'm seeing clearer than ever now? <laughs> how many know I've gotten a new vision? God has adjusted some things in my life. But what we've decided as a church is that we don't want to be swallowed up in fear in this season. And we don't want to just get by in this season. No, come on. We want to overcome in this season. So we're going back to the basics and we're going back to our practices as believers because practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So, so what are you practicing? Not just on Sundays, but day by day. And we looked at Acts chapter two first week and we looked at the early church and we looked at some of their habits that they were accustomed to. Last week, I talked to you about really the practice of prayer practice of actually going to God, why we need prayer. But, but today, I know this might kind of be like, really, we're going to talk about that? I want to talk about the practice of studying the Word of God. Studying the Word of God. And, and I want to lean into it today because uh, I think it's so, so very important in this season that you get this to become a habit of your life, a day-by-day -day habit that you would study God's Word. Now, whenever we talk about the idea of the Word of God, I wanna make sure that we clarify and specify and just do a little bit of work up front so that you know what I'm talking about when I continue to use this phrase, the word of God. Because ultimately the word of God, it needs to be distinguished because as you read this book, the word of God is used in many different circumstances. It's used in many different types of contexts. I think there's two big categories. Let me just try to break them down. Number one, the word of God, first and foremost, we know the word of God to be the person of Jesus Christ. 
so important that you just, when, when you see that phrase, the word of God, we know that ultimately, quickly, we're talking about the person of Jesus. John chapter one, verse one, gonna give you a lot of Bible verses today. So get your notepad going. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Meaning John chapter one is telling us that Jesus, one of his titles is the word of God. As you skip down to verse 14 in John chapter one, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So John one begins that in the very beginning, there was God, the father, but there was also the word of God, which is the son. And then John chapter one, as you skip down, it says that this word, it became flesh. That's the person of Jesus. Meaning the whole point of the Bible is always the person of Jesus, that you read the Bible with the intent to discover Jesus. But also the second category, when we talk about the word of God, just very, very, just to be clear, is the word of God is, 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 is the speech of God. So, so there's lots of categories for this, right? Like uh, one, one category would be God's decrees. As you open up this book, you'll see that God decrees things. For instance, Genesis chapter one, verse three, right off the bat, you see God says, let there be light. And there was light. That's called a decree from God. It's a spoken word of God. But, but also God's words as, as personal addresses, like how many know God speaks to people? So as you read this book, you'll discover over and over that God's, he's speaking verbally to people. Like for instance, Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> Hello, if you know what that means. Um, Abraham, he says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. This is the spoken word of God to a person. But also as you read, what you'll discover is that God's words, uh, it's the spoken word of God through, through the speech of human lips. So how many know that we have the power to speak out the word of God? So we, we read the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah. In fact, Jeremiah Oliver, the scripture says that God says, I put my words in your mouth, words that can uproot nations. I mean, that's the word of God in human lips. But the area that I wanna focus on is, the, is this fourth little category in our, in our second context, which is God's written word. God's written word, which is what we have as the Bible. And that's what I'm really leaning into today that as we talk about the practice of studying the word of God, I'm really talking today about studying the Bible. That this should not be something that is secondary, but this should be a primary function as a believer that you would learn the practice and the habit of studying the Bible. The scriptures command us to study the Bible. And it's the most profitable way to learn God's word because we have it in written form so it doesn't get lost. In it's easier to discover what it is that he's saying to us. And what I was thinking about this week, what I love so much is this, is that when you study the word of God, the Bible, we're also looking for the word of God, Jesus. So when I study the word of God, the written word, I'm also looking for the word of God, Jesus. We interpret scripture with scripture. Now the Bible over and over again commands us to study the word of God, both Old Testament and New Testament. Psalm chapter one, write it down, good one. There's a blessing attached to studying the word of God. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. This man is blessed when he studies day and night. Someone say day and night. It's day by day. It's not just Sunday. It's every day that I'm meditating on this. There's a blessing attached. I think the words that God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, I believe they're still applicable to you and I. The book of the law shall not depart. The word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Here it is again, day and night. 
so that you may be careful to do everything according that's written in it. For when, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Look at what Paul writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy. He writes this, this is beautiful. Chapter three, verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Someone say, I wanna be complete. I wanna be whole. I wanna be complete. I wanna be mature, that they may be complete, equipped for every good work. I wonder, do you feel unequipped in 2020? Has this been one of these kind of years where you're like, dude, what in the heck is happening? I don't know how to get through this day. I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this week. I don't know how I'm gonna get through another month. When will this year end? It sounds like you might be in need of equipping. It sounds like you might be in need of becoming complete. And the scripture says that all scripture is God breathed and it's useful to help me become equipped in him. Today, I wanna give you a very, very simple word, but I believe it's gonna be helpful. I want you to take notes because this is gonna be very, very important. We talked about last week that we don't just start with how, we don't start with the practice. We start, why do we need the practice? So if I'm gonna teach you about prayer before I teach you how to pray, I wanna teach you why we pray. It's the same thing. Before I teach you how to study the Bible, I wanna teach you three reasons why we need the Bible. With each reason, I wanna give you how you can put that into practice starting today. Anybody up for this today? Come on, anybody up for this today? I think there's a word for somebody. Number one, why do we need to study the word of God? Number one, bread. Come on, somebody's light up the chat. I think this is gonna be one of the greatest things we've ever put in the chat. Just put bread. Just put bread, bread. I, I, anybody, any bread lovers out there? Come on, Zoom, put your hand up if I know it. Yeah, look at that. Look, at there's some people. They ain't lying. Where's all my carb fiends? Bro, I, I love bread. I, I like it all. Like, I do not, I, I like all types of bread, man. Whole wheat, sourdough, rye, bagel, baguette, pita, ciabatta, biscuit, cornbread, focaccia, I'll, I'll even eat some gluten-free bread, for goodness sake, okay? I am a bread lover. What is a meal without some bread? Anybody as ratchet as me that you will actually pick a restaurant based upon the bread basket of the restaurant? We used to have this restaurant in Cleveland, Tennessee when I was going to Bible college. It was called O'Charlie's. I don't know what's on the menu at O'Charlie's, all I know is that when you get to that restaurant, they come out with just this bread that's soaked in butter. And I would get there, I said, I don't know what this costs, but keep this coming all day long. I love the bread. <laughs> What's amazing is that as you study the word of God, what you'll discover over and over again is that the word of God is paralleled as bread. As bread, like, like why? Should I study the Bible? Because the Bible is bread for the believer. Yes. See, studying the Bible as a follower of Jesus is not a luxury, it is a necessity. Yes. Like, like, like you need this bread, like you need it every single day. It's sustaining you, it's keeping you. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, the devil comes to him in Matthew chapter four and the devil says, hey, you look hungry. You're out here for, fasting for 40 days. He says, why don't you turn these stones into bread? 
What does Jesus say back to him? Jesus says, man shall not, he quotes Deuteronomy. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is trying to teach you and I something in a very powerful way. He is saying, listen, you don't actually need, this is this moment right now, if you wanna know what your spiritual food is, if you wanna know how to sustain your soul, if you wanna know how to actually get through this season, what you need more importantly than physical food is you need spiritual food. And what you need is you need the bread of God. You need the word of God, which will keep you going. This is why we have to get this thing because I think there's people watching right now and you have convinced yourself that studying your Bible is somehow something that only the spiritually elite people do. That you think somehow people that are so spiritually elite and so disciplined that are all about maturing and doing all the things God's called them to do, you think that's who begins to study their Bible. But in reality, when you recognize that your Bible is simply bread, what you learn is that Bible study is about surviving before it's about maturing. (laughs) just trying to survive out here. I'm just trying to get by out here. I'm trying to get through this season. We're not talking about maturing. I'm talking to you about bread. (laughs) Jesus is like, you got, you're going to need this bread. Man does not live on bread alone, but by the very word of God, that, that God's word is the thing that sustains you and keeps you on this journey. It's amazing because last week we we looked at it and it's beautiful, but Jesus, he teaches really, really in a beautiful way out of Luke 11 and Matthew 6 on the subject of prayer. And remember, as he's teaching on prayer, he says, Father, give us today our daily bread. What we know is we know he's not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual food. It's amazing because um, when I don't read God's word, I don't feel guilty. I feel hungry. Like I've never missed a meal. I'm like, I'm that. You're crazy if you're this way. Like I've never, I never missed a meal. I'm like, I'm so guilty that I missed that meal. No, I'm so hungry that I missed that meal. I think the bigger question today is, why aren't you hungry? Why aren't you hungry today? What, what is it today that 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 that, that's leaving you? in a spot that you don't feel like you need this book? What is it today that's leaving you in a spot that you're not actually hungry for? Because Jesus, he said, I'm gonna teach you how to pray. When you pray, you should come to your father. You don't just recite these words, but rather you say, Father, give us today our daily bread. And what's he saying? He's not talking about physical bread. He's talking about spiritual bread. He's talking about getting something deeper, something better. He doesn't want them to rely upon the temporary thing. He wants them to go to the eternal thing. See, when Jesus is referring in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, he's referring to a moment in Jewish history when the Israelites were led out of, the wild, out of Egypt into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, come on, you remember this, there in the wilderness, God sent them manna from heaven. Manna is like hummus from heaven. I mean, pita and hummus from heaven. It's like, it's the best, bro. It's like, it's better than O'Charlie's. And every day it was sustained them. And and God had one rule with that bread. He said, do not take more than what you need for the day. But how many know, like, like, like most children or like so many of us, we don't trust God for the day. So we try to get more. And every time they would get more, the surplus would spoil because God was trying to teach them 
that I am the one who will sustain you every single day. You need daily bread. I wonder, is your trust in the bread or is your trust in the one who gives you the bread? See, see, when Jesus says, Father, today, give me my daily bread, he's saying, Father, today, give me my daily word. I don't just want the promise, I want the promise giver. I don't just want the miracle, I want the man attached to the miracle. I don't just want a healing, I actually want God's heart. I don't just need his sustenance, I need his spirit to fill me from the inside out. Give me today our, our daily bread. But what happens? We, 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 we put our trust in so many things other than God. It's, it's always been me laughed at in America on our, on our currency. It says, in God we trust, which is like the greatest sermon as you're like, you know, buying goods. Like, oh wait, in God we trust, you know? But I, come on, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like this is not just an American problem. This is like a humanity problem that we put our trust into so many things other than God. We put our trust in money, we put our trust in possessions. We put our trust in politics. We, we put our trust in business. We put our trust in popularity. We put our trust in others. We put our trust in so many other things other than God. But when you get a revelation that God's word is bread, it brings you back down to the basics that I need him every single day. I don't just need him on Sunday. I need him day by day to sustain me. That God's word is all about God and God is paramount and God is the one who keeps me and moves me forward. Why do I study this? I study it because it's bread. How many know Jesus, he doesn't just leave it right here. He takes it so much further. Look at what Jesus says, John chapter six. Jesus had just got done doing a great miracle. What was the miracle? He had taken five loaves of bread and two little fish and he had broken it apart and he had fed 5,000 people. Yet after the miracle was done, what happened? Everybody was impressed by the miracle, but they never worshiped the man who made the miracle happen. So Jesus teaches them, watch this. That's why you see this. Because you got, why, why should I study my Bible? Because it's bread. <laughs> John chapter six, verse 28. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do? that we may see and believe you. What work do you perform? Watch this, verse 31. They're gonna quote now. Our fathers ate the manna, ate the bread in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us always this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is a whole word Jesus is giving you today because Jesus is trying to tell you and I that everything you're looking for is found in him. Jesus is what you're looking for. Jesus is what you're longing for. Jesus is the antidote to your anxiety. Jesus is the one who brings hope to the hurting. Jesus is the one who will heal your body that is sick. Jesus is the one who brings peace to your storm. And he is as simple as bread. But you and I, we have more trust in the bread than rather than the one who gives the bread. And Jesus is saying, I just multiplied all this food 
and you're really impressed, but you have not taken a moment to recognize that I am the one who multiplied it. And it's my word that you need. It's my word that sustains you. Listen, the Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. You need it every day. Eat this book. Jesus, he says, I am the bread of life. I, I, I study the word of God to see the word of God. I study the word of God to discover the word of God. I study the Bible to see Jesus. Why do I need Jesus? Because he's bread. Everything that I need on a daily basis is found in him. I need a daily word from him. I need my daily bread. It was Gandhi, a man who was not even a follower of Jesus. But Gandhi said it this way. He said, there are people in the world so hungry that God cannot appear to them except in the form of bread. How powerful is it that Jesus long before Gandhi showed up on the scene, already declared to a broken and lost world, I am the bread of life. The word of God is the bread of life. When Don Shree and I were first starting in ministry, we worked at a church in North Miami, Miami Gardens. My father still pastored that church called Trinity Church. And for years we would pull into the parking lot and I don't know what it is. I think it's the Publix like bakery, but there was like a bakery like right in the other parking lot. And I remember I would get out of my car coming to church and when I would get out, you could just smell the odor of bread baking. It didn't matter what time of the day it was, but your mouth would begin to salivate at the smell of that bread. Oh, I want that bread. How many believe today that every time the church gathers, there ought to be an odor that is left off into the world that's sweeter than perfume, that's sweeter than incense, but it would leave the world salivating and saying, I want what they've got. And when the world looks upon you and I, we can say right back to them, you don't just have to look and see what I've got, but rather you can taste and see what I have. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is the bread of life. He is everything you need for salvation. Why do you study this book? You study this book to eat this book. You study this book because you're hungry for Jesus. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Every time you get hungry for God, he will fill you. But if you're not studying it, I'm wondering, why aren't you hungry? Why, why aren't you hungry? It's gonna equip me. There's a blessing attached to it. If I'm afraid, it's, it's the answer. Why do, I, why do I study the Bible? I study the Bible because it's bread, but, but how do I study? How do I, how do I take in the bread? Really, really simple practice. You read it. Come on, somebody out loud, just say, read it. I know that sounds so silly, but come on, in, in like our Twitter world, in our Instagram, 140 characters, and everything on demand, Netflix series, oh my goodness, I just watched 10 episodes last night, I'm already bored now because there's nothing else to watch. Very few people are actually reading the Bible. So how do I take in the bread? It's like what you would do at the restaurant. You would just eat it, you just read it. How do you eat? You read. <laughs> how do you eat? You read. And really my challenge today on this is that I, I wanna push our church and those that are watching right now, especially in this difficult season, 2020, to not just do devotional reading, but to cross over into studying the scripture. There is a difference. See, studying of scripture is about interpretation, learning what it means. But many of us, we only hang out in the shallow waters of devotional reading. 
And that's all about application. What does it mean for me? (laughs) And I want you to apply the scripture to your life, but I want you to go deeper this year. I want you to get into the deep end and not just say, what does this little verse mean for me? But rather, I want you to discover what does the verse mean? What is the truth? What can I discover about the character, the nature of my God? I need this bread every single day. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Bread. If there's any little kids out there, all right, I know I got the commandment that I'm supposed to study the word, but why? I'll tell you why, because it's bread. But any other reasons why? Yeah, number two. Bullets. <laughs> Some would say bullet. This is gonna be the best. They might shut down this YouTube stream right now with the weird stuff we're putting in chats. I learned about bullets in church. The word of God tells us that the word of God is, a, is the sword of the spirit, meaning it's a weapon. But come on, yo, you don't, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. I wanted to modernize the metaphor a little bit for us in 2020. I don't know what a sword's gonna do against some nuclear weapons. <laughs> That's why I want to tell you today that the Bible is a gun and the words are the bullets to the enemy. Why, why, do, I, why do I read this book? Why do I get this book into my spirit? I do so because the words in it are bullets to the enemy. Th- this is how we actually fight back. Problem for so many of us is so many of us don't realize that we are actually in a battle. So many of us, we actually do not understand that we are under attack, not like once a year, but day by day. <laughs> The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And the only reason why you wouldn't want a weapon is if you didn't believe that you were going to be attacked. And what's amazing about Christians, especially in 2020, is it seems like sometimes we don't actually even know who our enemy is. We spend more time fighting with each other than we ever do with the enemy. I remember, I remember uh, many years ago, probably my first year of marriage with Don Shree, I was visiting some friends in Louisiana. That's where Don Shree is from. And these friends are really into the great outdoors. They're really into hunting. And this, this guy had private land. I mean, it's just his thousands, I think, of acres. I'm not even sure on the math of that. Just all his own place, nobody else out there in the middle of nowhere. And he said, I want to take you hunting. And I, I'm really, really in love with Don Shree. And so I agreed to this barbaric act that I'm not even into. <laughs> And I went out there. I was more into like what I was wearing than what I was actually going to do. And so I had this really sick camo outfit on. And he put me up in this tree and he, he put the gun in my hand and he said, all right, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to wait now. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I thought waiting, you know, I'm like, you know, I think, I think it takes a long time for popcorn to pop in the microwave, you know, let alone this was like a six hour period of waiting we had been out there all day and now it was kind of coming into dusk where it was, it was early evening and the sun was getting to set. And finally, after hours of being out of there, I could see in the distance this, this big buck deer. Like he was over near these bushes and he was just there. And I knew, I knew it was him. And I, I was in my own, uh, my own, I don't know what those things are called. What is that called, Adrian? No one here in from Miami would know what these things are called, but it's like a, an adult tree house. And I'm up there and I get my gun and I'm like, all right, this is my moment. My heart's racing. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, this is like, I'm finally getting in touch with, you know, like my masculine self. And so I pull the trigger and, and when I pull the trigger, the shot goes off. And, and the, the crazy thing was like, I think I missed because like the movement wouldn't stop. And so I, I shot again and, and the movement wouldn't stop. And so I said, I don't know what I'm doing. And so literally I sit there for another hour and the thing just 
doesn't move, but there's movement. I'm like, what in the world? So I finally got brave enough, like the sun is now out. And so I walk over to the scene where I've been watching this buck the whole time. And as I walked, I don't know whatever it was, you know, I, I can't do the math, but very far in the distance, I, I get up to it. And, and when I get up to it, I, I, I discover that there, there was no deer. Instead, it was a massive stump that had bushes in front of it that the wind was blowing. <laughs> and out there all day long, all by myself, I shot a stump twice that never died. <laughs> care how many bullets you got if your aim is wrong it doesn't matter and I just want to remind you today that when it comes to spiritual bullets we are not aimed at political parties we are not fighting a sociological war we are not fighting against flesh and blood but rather you and I we are in a spiritual battle the Bible is a gun and its words are bullets. I don't care how many bullets you got. If you're aimed wrong, it's not gonna make any difference. Ephesians chapter six, I'm giving you scripture today to make sure you know I'm not just telling you this stuff. You're gonna have to go back and actually have to read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, my problem is not you. <laughs> My problem is the devil. Against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You are going to be attacked. And when you're attacked, you're gonna actually have to use your weapon. What is our weapon? Our weapon is the Bible. How do we know this? Because in Matthew 4, which we just quoted a second ago, as Jesus is fasting in the wilderness, as he's doing a good thing, as he's doing a spiritual thing. Isn't that funny? We think if we go to church, we think if we serve in church, we think if we give an offering that we won't be attacked. It's actually the opposite. The more you serve, the more you give, the more you worship, the more you become a threat to the enemy. And I hope when the enemy comes to threaten you, you know how to fight back. But how does Jesus fight back? How does the word made flesh fight back? How does the word of God fight back? The word of God fights back with the word of God. The word of God quotes the word of God. Jesus quotes the Bible. Every time the devil comes and pushes him and threatens him, Jesus responds back with a simple phrase, it is written. Meaning every time the enemy tempts him, every time the enemy pushes him, he pulls out a gun and he shoots a bullet and the bullet is scripture. Yeah, how many you know? If you don't know what's written, you can't shoot your bullets. <laughs> How many know, if you don't know what's written, like, you got nothing to fire. <laughs> I think so many believers today, it's like they're going to get bullets and the enemy's already in your house. 
So many believers today, it's after your wife has left you. You're like, oh my goodness, what, what do I do now? So many believers, it's after the addiction hit the home. Okay, what do I do now? Where's, where's the bullets? So many believers, it's like your whole business has fallen apart. You got nothing. And you're like, wait a minute, wait, how do I fight back against this? And you got nothing. I'm telling you today, why do you need to study the Bible? You need to study the Bible because the Bible is bullets. But how do you shoot your bullets? Here we go. Here's the practice. You memorize the word. Just a basic practice. I know we're talking about memorizing scripture today. <laughs> because when you're actually being attacked, you don't have time to go Google a scripture. When you're actually being attacked, you can't call Manushka Charles and be like, hey, can you give me a word right now? She's like, I'm trying to fight my own battles. When you're actually in a battle, you can't call Zach Freeman or Luke Barry and say, will you sing me a worship song? I'm really under attack right now. No, it's in that moment that you better have hidden something in your heart. You better put the word in your heart that when you're attacked, you got something to fire back with. Since I was a little kid, man, my, my parents, they said, Rich, you're going to be locked and loaded. I said, what you mean I'm be locked and loaded? They said, we're, we're putting you out in the world locked and loaded. We're, not, we're gonna give you a loaded weapon. You're gonna memorize this book. From a little kid, man, we used to have flashcards. We'd go through the alphabet. A, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. C, my parents love this one. Children, obey your parents. D, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. E, every good and perfect gift comes from above. We're gonna go all through the alphabet. For every letter of the alphabet, there is a scripture and there is a word that when the enemy attacks, you got a bullet to fire back. As a young teenager studying God's word, I started getting index cards. You could do this right now. I'm just trying to give you basic day-by-day -day practices because what I'm sharing with you today is not enough when you get into Thursday. What did Rich say on Sunday? You better write something down. You better get God's word. I used to take index cards and I, I, would, I would drive in my, my 1993 Ford Orange Explorer and I would, I would fill out scriptures and I would put them on my, on my dashboard and all week long I would commit myself to memorizing one scripture so that when I, I would be attacked or when I needed an answer, I wasn't Googling but rather something was in me and I was able to respond back. Okay, man, my friends, they're getting into this. My friends are peer pressuring me to do that but I remind myself, wait a minute. Therefore, I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, in view of God's love, loving mercy. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you got to have this thing memorized in your heart. And the bullet of the word of God, yes, it defends off the outside enemy known as the devil, but friend, it doesn't stop there. It also crushes the threat from the inside. It's not just a threat that I have on the outside. There's a threat on the inside. Anyone ever realize that um, you are your worst enemy? <laughs> Anyone ever realize that you lie to yourself more than other people lie to yourself? No one's let me down like I've let myself down. I got a threat on the inside. I have this thing called sin. I have this thing called flesh. And I love what Hebrews chapter four says. For the word of God is, a li is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Meaning the bullet 
that I have in the word of God is not just for the devil, but it is to my flesh. And I don't know what you're going through today, but man, when you open up this book and you begin to memorize these scriptures, I'm telling you what, it realigns you, it changes you, and it transforms you, and the bullet to the flesh keeps the old man down. I don't want the old rich coming back up. The old rich, he would respond the wrong way. The old rich would be tempted to trust in temporary things. The old rich would react like that. The old rich would find comfort in those things. And it's God's word that cuts deep into my heart and it keeps the old man down. Why, why do I, why should I study the Bible? Is that for mature people? No, it's for people trying to survive. I feel guilty sometimes. We got the wrong feeling. You're you're not eating it. (laughs) You should be hungry because it's bread, because it's bullets. But lastly, why do I study the Bible? Because it's bandages. It's bandages. God's word is a bandage to those that are hurting. Bandages are, are, are meant to, to stop bleeding. Bandages are meant to help healing occur. Bandages keep infection from getting in. Bandages protect. I, I love what the scripture says. Psalm chapter 147, verse three. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Listen, if you live long enough, you are going to face suffering. This is not a question of if you will face suffering. This is simply a question of when you will face suffering. You will suffer. There's no getting around it. But what you're gonna have to realize that when you're suffering, you actually have a bandage. You actually have healing. You actually have hope. And it's called God's word. Sometimes the only way around suffering is to go straight through it. You just gotta go straight through it. In the same way that a bandage stops bleeding in order for healing to begin, listen to me, God's word stops the bleeding in order to start the healing. It's a bandage. Psalm 107 verse 20. This is a word for you today. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. There is something about God's word that it's medication to my soul. It's healing to my body. I I need his word. His word actually brings about my salvation. His word actually brings about my deliverance. I I think it's awesome if you're taking your vitamins and of course, eat all your greens. and Of course, make sure that you take the proper medication that the doctor has prescribed, but just don't forget to take your greatest prescription. Don't forget to receive your spiritual vitamins. Don't forget that unlike other medication, God's word, you can't overdose on it. You can't get too much of it. It will change you from the inside out. My son, Wyatt, all summer long, he's been barefoot and we're trying to teach him, son, you gotta put shoes on. He's like, no, I'm Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I'm like, you don't even know who they are. You know, he's just barefoot and naked. That's who my son is, you know? Back to the original state of the garden. Barefoot and naked is who he is. Naked and no shame, that's for sure as well. And all summer long, he keeps getting these big cuts and blisters on his feet. And so when he does, Don and I, we, 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 why, we have to put Band-Aids on your feet. I don't know what it is, but he hates Band-Aids. Like you would think when you're putting a Band-Aid on this kid, that it hurts more than the actual wound that he has inflicted upon himself. 
but nonetheless, we struggle with him and we, we apply the band-aid. Why? Because once the band-aid goes on, it stops the bleeding in his feet. And he's in one moment, he was very unable to almost walk on his feet. Now with band-aids, he's able to begin to walk. And before you know it, he's able to run. But I don't know what it is. Sometimes when the bandage is applied, we kick and we scream and we don't like it. Sometimes when you read God's word, it stings you, it offends you, it hurts in the short term. But as you begin to recognize that it's for your healing, it's to help you, it's to prosper you, it will keep you going day by day. Before you know it, you won't just be walking, you'll be running. You won't just be surviving, you will be thriving. Well, how do I, how do I eat the bread? You read the scriptures. How do I fire the bullets? you memorize the scripture. Well, how do I apply the bandage? You meditate on the medicine. Don't just read it. Don't just memorize it. Meditate on it. Think deeply about it. Reflect on it. Consider it in all of your ways. Fill your mind with God's word. You don't have to start tomorrow. You can start today. You don't need to read the whole Bible tonight. You might just need one word from God today. But as you meditate on it, the medicine it begins to take root in your life. I was in crew this past week. I love our crew. We do crews on Monday night. There's about 30 of us in our crew and a lot of married couples, incredible people. And one of my friends in my crew, his name's Royce. And we were talking this past week about last week's sermon and in our conversation, Royce just said, you know, can I just say something? I said, yeah, man, what do you wanna say? He's like, man, I, I was reading Matthew 6 this past week and I, I just saw this one little verse and I just wanted to encourage everybody in the crew. It, it was Jesus and you know, our business has been hitting hard and our, our relationships were just, there's all sorts of pressure around us. He said, but Jesus says in Matthew 6, he just says, uh, do not worry. Let tomorrow worry about itself. He said, I think that's how it goes. It kind of goes like that, I think. I said, that's exactly how it goes. He said, and just all week long, every time I faced an obstacle, I just thought about that little scripture. And every time I thought about that scripture, hope filled my heart, healing came to my life, the stress went away, peace came in, anxiety left, hope set in. I said, Royce, you understand what you're doing, right? He said, no, what am I doing? I said, you're meditating on the scripture. You're not just reading it. You're not just memorizing it. You're meditating on it. You're allowing the bandage to go on the wound and the bandage is stopping the bleeding and the bandage is starting the healing. Listen to me, fill your mind with God's word and you will have no room for Satan's lies. If I fill my mind with God's word, there won't be room for Satan's lies. Why do we study this book? We study it because it's bread. We study it because it's bullets. And we study it because it's bandages. Amen. Today in 2020, I know there's a lot of people out there. That's what you're in need of. You're in need of bread. You're in need of bullets. And baby, you need a bandage to put on your life. And God has given you the practice. He's given you the practice. So why aren't we hungry? Why aren't we fighting? Why aren't we thinking deeply about what he's promised us? Could it be that Could it be that there's another battle going on? 
could it be that there's something that's fighting for my attention? Could it be that there's another conflict taking place? Could, could it be that on, on one hand, I've got a weapon and I got bread and on one hand, I, I got a bandage and I got bullets, but, but I got this other thing over here that's telling me it's got everything I need. This phone, this device, it's got every application. It's got everything that will fill my soul. It's a sad day, man, when I'm spending more time on social media than I am in God's word. It's a scary day when I'm consuming more news than I have of God's word. What do you think the byproduct's gonna be? Fear is what this is gonna give me. Faith is what this is gonna give me. Hurt, anxiety, depression. Look at him, look at her. That makes me angry. Over here, I got a bandage. I've got healing, I've got hope, but there's a battle. There's a battle, there's a battle, there's a battle. There's a battle, there's a battle. I think this is going to do it. This thing, it's got every app that I need. This thing, it does my banking. This thing's got my news. Uh, this thing tells me where my friends are. This thing, it, I need this, Rich. This is my, I need this phone. Oh, but friend, long before you had an iPhone, you had something far better than the iPhone. I know the iPhone promises you everything. I know the iPhone's got an app for everything. Oh, but friend, I hope you understand that this book has an app for everything. Are you brokenhearted today? <laughs> Good news, there's an app for that. You could turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 61 and you will discover in Isaiah 61, if you're brokenhearted, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives. Maybe you're in need of a financial miracle. Guess what? There's an app for that. You open up this book, you click on Malachi chapter three, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, God says. It's one of the only times that God actually says, test me, see if I won't do what I've promised you. Says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Are you in need of peace today? Philippians chapter four, verse four. There's an app for that. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are you afraid today? There's an app for that. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Are you trying to find God's will today? There's an app for that. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life in Christ Jesus. Friend, whatever your problem, whatever your need, all you gotta do is open up this book and there is an app for it. Are you hurting? Are you scared? Are you broken? Are you depressed? There's an app for that today. Come on if you believe it. Come on and give God praise. Come on and sing it out with everything you got. Come on, come on.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we, we look to your word, to this truth. God, it's bread for our soul. It's bullets for our fight. And God, it's a bandage for our hurts. Lord, I pray today that we would see you clearer than ever before. God, as we study the word, we would see the word. We'd see Jesus, the one who's come in grace and truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you're watching from today, whatever you're going through, if I can get a towel, that'd be amazing. But whatever you're going through, I just know that God's with you and I know that he wants to work in you. And he loves you so very, very much. And today it all begins with relationship with Jesus. Before you need a principle, you you need a person. And I don't wanna get caught up in bread and manna. I wanna get caught up in the God who, who sends the manna, who sends the bread. And today, his name's Jesus. He is the bread of life. He's the one who says, if you eat of me, you'll never be hungry again. And if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. So today, why don't you allow him to come into your life? Why don't you make a decision right now today? I'm surrendering. I'm turning my eyes to Jesus. I'm gonna follow him. You might not know what all that means right now, but I have a feeling that when he invites you into relationship, when you just respond in faith, he'll begin to walk with you day by day moment by moment, season by season. And so if your head's bowed, your eyes closed, there's no one looking around, he's here. And if that's you, just pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, dear Jesus, I've, I've decided to, to surrender my life to you. I'm putting all my faith, all my trust in you. I believe you are who you said that you are. I believe that you are God. I believe that you died for me, took the place for my sins. Today, I repent. I change my mind. I turn my direction towards you. I run after you. I follow you. Today, Jesus, I make it a decision to walk with you day by day. If you're praying that prayer right now, just put your hand on your heart. Just put your hand on your heart. Right there in your house, in your car, wherever you're listening to this, this, might be live right now, you might be hearing this later in the week. Just put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. You're changing me, you're changing me. Hallelujah. Right now in the chats, wherever, wherever you're watching from, can you just light up the chat and just say, I've decided, just say, I've decided. Just say, I've decided. In the chats right now, YouTube and on Zoom, I've decided. In fact, if you're watching right now, do me a favor, text this word, text decided to 786-755-3737. Text decided to 786-755-3737. Our team wants to resource you right now. We just wanna partner with you. We need community. We need communion, not just with God, but with each other. So if you're making a decision right now, if God's speaking to you, if you're looking for resources, just text that right now. Text decided, the word decided to 786-755-3737. And as you're texting that right now, why don't you just lift your hands towards heaven? This little song, it just says Cornerstone. That's who Jesus is. Come on, let's just worship all of this place. Come on, let's lift our voices. Come on, let's lift our faith. Come on, let's give God praise. He's here today. Come on, let's sing it out, guys. Come on, let's sing it out. Yeah. 
Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from Vu and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.